This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So as we talked with the kids about the idea of seeing a marriage through the lens of Christ, uh, don't miss, that's exactly what all Christian marriages are. Uh, that you were married, and then you invited God in to be there, so even through thick and thin, God would be there with you. Uh, that your marriage looks different. Uh, it looks different because you've invited Christ to be a part of it. All right, so have you guys ever been in the midst of a challenge so bad, so vast, you couldn't avoid it? Anyone ever been in a place it's that bad, like you can't run away from it? I'm assuming many of you have been in problems where you could avoid it because you're like, eh, it's bad, but if I walk away now, someone else next in line will have to take care of it. You know, like the, the slippery floor or something else, like, oh, the next patron will take care of that. But like something so bad that you've got to be there. So if you can, kind of in your mind's eye, step back with me. The year is 1969. And this is a sad thing for me because it's going to be a story. It's a bad story, but it involves a train. And it's a train of molten hot steel. And this train of molten hot steel is going from the steel plant just a little bit down the river uh, to the steel mill plant, where it's just going to be stamping out steel. Uh, but on that day in 1969, a bunch of sparks jump out of these cars, uh, and it lights the Cuyahoga River on fire. Literally, the fire, just a few sparks is all it took from these cars. It lights it on fire. Now, What's interesting about it, this will ignite a whole change in the entire Ohio River Valley, like all of Ohio and actually the entire nation. Most of you probably don't know that fire is put out in how many minutes? 20. Believe it or not, that fire is out in 20 minutes. It is put out that quickly. But on the way to putting out the fire, Time Magazine catches the image that captivates a nation. They catch an image seeing firefighters putting a river out because the toxins are so bad. See, it's a problem that got so big, people couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't not address it. Rivers don't catch fire. Uh, this is not something that should be happening. So that's what I want you to think about, a problem so prevalent that it has to be addressed, and with that, turn to Hosea. Because we got, a, we got a river on fire, and we'll get back to the river, don't worry. I, I know we put it out, but it's still burning, so it's kind of simmering there. So don't worry, we'll get back to the Cuyahoga. Uh, but as we head there, go to Hosea. Uh, and as we head there, the problem is so bad in Hosea's day. The issue of the people is so brazenly open that God has to send a prophet to address their sin. And as he does that, we go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Not surprisingly, for those of you who have been following along with us in the scriptures, what's God say? Hear the word of the Lord. This is a great echo, isn't it? We've heard this so many times. Hear the word. Listen. Get those things out of your ears and listen to God's word. A lot of what God said isn't actually new. It's repeated again and again. Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. See, the pollution is so bad, it can't be avoided. 
echo of the river, right? It's so bad, we got to address it. God can't look the other way and say, the next generation will get it. I'll give them one more. It was so bad. He sends Hosea and says, we got to address this head on. Continue then, verse 2 and 3. Same chapter, Hosea 4. Now you get some of the pollution. I mean, it's not that much fun. There is swearing, lying, murdering, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds. Bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore, the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish. And also the beasts of the field and birds of the heaven, and even the fish of the sea are taken away. The sin of the people of Israel was so profound, it was impacting the animals around them, in the sky, on the ground, and in the water. <laughs> Burning rivers, eh? I mean, it's that bad. It's got to be addressed. Because sin has consequences. In church, we will use the word sin, but we don't always talk about the consequences of sin. We don't talk about how it kind of gets to that point. Verse 3 Therefore, the land, do you see this? The land mourns. It's a very different image to talk about sin's consequences. The land is actually, I mean, imagine this, almost wailing, crying, mourning. It is suffering. In other places of Scripture, we hear that all the earth is groaning under the weight of sin. All the earth's crying out. This is the environment into which Hosea speaks. Yet in the case of our sin, it's not just the land. You and I are groaning too, whether you know it or not. The things that knot up in your stomach, the emotions that challenge you, the troubles that you've seen, uh, many times it's the fact that sin has either crept into your life or a friend's or a family member's, and, and it's just tearing you up. You're mourning and so is God. Yet there is one who normally should be there to call to account, but verse 4, uh, it, it kind of gets even weirder. Yet let no one contend and let none accuse, for with you is my contention, O priest. See, the people had thought that the priests and teachers in the temple were going to keep them in line. You know, this is kind of what people today do. I mean, pastor, just tell me if I get out of line, you know, of course I would certainly straighten up and fly right. <laughs> and of course, if someone were ever to call you in some type of a sin, you would say, oh, silly me. However, could I not have seen this abysmal sin, I will certainly pay back four times what I owe my brother or sister, right? That's what you would all do. Awkward pause just to let it soak in. You'd probably be more like the people in Hosea's day. Dude, this guy's probably drunk. What's he talking about? We're not doing anything wrong. We've been doing this for decades, and God hasn't caused any problems for decades, so if it hasn't been a problem for decades then it must be all right now because the priest didn't actually address it. The priests were letting it move forward. So as Hosea writes, he goes, I got problems with you, teacher. I got problems with you, preacher. You haven't been there to take care of the people. You haven't been there to address sin, and it's now become a huge issue before God. That's the challenge. The people of Israel in the northern kingdom are enjoying life. And it's going well. Talked about this some in Bible class. The years prior to Samaria's fall in, in 722 under Jeroboam II, uh, the king in, in whose reign Hosea begins, Israel is rebuilding walls, strengthening political alliances, and it looks good. Business is, as they would say, booming. And no one likes a preacher to talk against anyone business is booming. Most people will turn to a preacher when things are bad. Enter 9-11. 
Where were most people on the Sunday after 9-11? Church. Do you know how many weeks roughly it took for that to correct itself? Uh, yeah, two, about two weeks. Uh, and, and those who I've spoken to, uh, it just kind of uh, corrected itself. Uh, weird way to say it, isn't it? I mean, people got back to doing what they're doing. You're like, correct itself? They should have stayed. Well, people got their Sundays back. They have to golf. I mean, come on, guys. People have to hike. They have to go to the, they have to go to the beach. They have to go places. It's summer. I mean, it's set there. It was September. We needed to make sure that, you know, last hurrahs. It had just been Labor Day. We have to get back to living life. We don't want God to interrupt us. We don't want God to do something that might be different. Now, here's the interesting thing when we talk about the river. I said we'd get back to it. I said we'd talk about pollution. Did you know that was not the first fire on that river? <laughs> there were multiple fires on that river. It had happened so often since 1868, 13 different fires were recorded on that river. It happened so frequently that people just assumed it was the price of progress. If you were going to grow a nation and you were going to expand, you just had to allow a few rivers to burn. That's the way it was going to be. Now, trust me, I realize the EPA would not appreciate me sharing this, but here we go. You know what the general specs were for filling an oil spill prior to that fire in 1969 and the rise of the EPA that will come out largely as a result of this? You know what the directions were? There's an oil spill in your factory. How do you clean up an oil spill prior to 1969? Yeah, a squeegee. And you push it in the river. That was the cleanup plan. We will clean it with a squeegee and we will push it right in the river. See, you, you have now 50 years have passed, and you see a different, like, whoa, we can't do that. And, and so and you're like, we got to get stuff out, soak it up, abatement, all types of different things, and we got to remediation steps and all these other things. Uh, and now, boy, even just a flush like toothpaste water down the drain, we got rules about that now. Uh, and I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just sharing with you, like, you think differently. There it was, oil spill, arm thyself with squeegee, this will fix it. But here's the trouble to it. They thought that this was the price that you pay for progress. Pastor, it's 2019. I'm going to have to expose myself to a little bit of sin because I live in 2019. I just have to. There's no way around it. You do realize that's foolish to think that way, right? It's like thinking that a squeegee is a way to clean up an oil spill. I mean, pastor, if I want to watch television, I'm going to have to see some debauchery. Okay. Anyone have another suggestion? See, you guys are starting to get this stuff. All right. See, spirit doing a little working on you now. Maybe some shows you could take a hard pass on. You have neighbors to talk to, weeds to pull. I don't know. You at least have the book of Joel, so I've at least got 15 minutes for you for next week. Uh, it's a shorter book. Read it twice if you need to. But as you sit there, it should seem odd. But I want to make sure you realize in 1969, it didn't seem odd to use a squeegee to clean up an oil spill. It seemed right. Uh, it seems right to act certain ways because you have gotten docile with something that isn't docile at all. You've made sin your pet. You figure you've got it controlled. Hosea 4, 7 and 9. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. See, the prophet continues to speak, and he says, look, the people are getting more brazen, more open, more challenged with what they were doing. I will change their glory into shame. They fed on the sin of my people. They are greedy for their iniquity. 
and it shall be like people. And it shall be like people, like priests. I punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. God says, I've been watching. If you've been wandering, I have been watching, and I will call you to account for what you've done. People and priests. See, there's no like, hey, you've got this vocation called pastor, so you are above reproach. Now, St. Paul says a pastor should be above reproach. St. Paul doesn't guarantee that all pastors are above reproach. He just says they should be, and a church should hold them to account. But here you've got Hosea speaking not just to the people, but also to the preachers who should have been there for them. But sometimes when we cover up sin, we actually chase after it more and more and more. And the more we chase it, the more we want it. And the more we want it, the more we chase it. They shall eat but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore but not multiply because they have forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom, wine, and new wine, which take away the understanding. See, they were partying more and more and more and didn't even know what they were partying about anymore. They'd forgotten the greatest party was that God had loved them and made creation and made them in his image. They didn't even get that anymore. They were so far separated from what it was. They were so caught up in the temple cult worship of the land of Canaan. Now, some of you didn't like Joshua. I know. Some of you weren't happy with the conquest of Joshua. You're like, why is God trying to wipe these people out? You know what he was trying to avoid? He was trying to avoid the trouble that Hosea's people are now facing. They refused to give up the foreign gods and the foreign worship and the prostitution, which was part of the cult worship of the people of Cana. So they just, they just embraced it and said, hey, we're here and we should just assimilate with the people. I'm all for people mixing together and having fun and sharing stories. And if you're from Ohio, great, share some stories. If you're from Iowa, share some stories. But you don't get to change my God. You don't get to change who I worship. You don't get to correct and make him different. But the people of Israel had done that because they thought that just by getting along, they would do better for themselves. They didn't do better for themselves. They corrupted themselves. See, into the dark recesses then, we have people sneaking in these false truths so that God has to call through the prophet, and he says this to them, come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. See, this is chapter 6, the term where the Lord says, look, I'm calling you so you can come back. That's then the cry of them returning. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. God doesn't actually call out the people to make them feel bad. He calls them out so they'd actually come back and feel healing and restoration, that they would actually, in the shadow of the cross, see God moving, that he may heal us. He has struck us down. He will bind us up. Fifty years ago, that's when the river caught fire. 1969, the Cuyahoga catches fire. At the time, under 10 species, of fish live in that river, under 10. There are now over 50 species of fish living in that river. At the time in 1969, no one would get near the river because of its stench and its smell. And the one thing that cities love today is putting restaurants on rivers because you make money and you can sell waterfront. There was no restaurant near that river in 1969, not a one. It is now a whole lot. There's industries about people kayaking, canoeing, and seeing restoration. You see, what was polluted and what was tarnished has been made whole, and it was painful. Very interesting documentaries, if you ever want to watch them, about the people who were involved in the cleanups. 
as they look back 50 years later, several of them have said this. We started and thought it was a fool's errand. We had no idea if you could actually do this. We did not think you could humanly restore how bad this was. But we just took it one day at a time. See, for some of you, you wonder, can God fix me? Because my river's on fire. <laughs> it's my life. Am I worth restoring? There's nothing left. I used to be teeming with life, but now I'm just a shell of a man. I'm a shell of a woman. You're more than a river. So much more. See, you're made in God's image. And just like God now has that river teeming because he used men and women and their faculties to help restore, God is here to restore you as well. The close of Hosea writes that God's going to do it. I will heal their apostasy. I will heal, says the Lord. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out, and his beauty shall be like the olive, and his pregnance like Lebanon. God says, I'm going to heal you. I will make you once again teeming with life. They shall return. Neat little images, right? The fish teeming that river again. The restoration of what God is doing. Hosea wrote to the people and said, I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to let you know if you continue down this path, here's where it's headed. But if you hear me, if you turn, if you relent from what you're doing, they shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. See, now that shadow for us, it's the cross. Our entire lives find themselves in the shadow of the cross, covered by Christ crucified. As I spoke to the kids about what it is to look uh, at a marriage, lots of people are married in the world, lots of them. But not every person is married and asks Christ to be a part of their marriage. See, when God looks at you, who does he see first? Through the lens of Christ. He sees Christ first. You are healed because that's who he sees. He looks, sees Christ, and when he looks at you, he goes... You are my beloved. You are my child. You are my bride. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. See, Hosea knew what was going to catch the people's eyes. <laughs> he knew it was going to catch their ears too. You're going to be as good as the wine of Lebanon. I've never had wine from Lebanon, but I'm assuring you, if Hosea put it in there and these people were loving on their wine and chasing after their temple prostitutes and others, I assure you, he chose a mark of excellence because this is the people who love their partying. And he goes, I'm going to make you better than the best you've ever had. And God alone can do that. And he has done that for you in the cross where Christ has died. He has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior Jesus Christ every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.